Ladies, gentlemen, folks beyond the binary, grab your husband, wife, partner, mistress, your wife's boyfriend, your favorite leather daddy, a gimp, the dad from Boy Meets World, and Al Bundy, and gather around your radio. It's time for this week's meeting of the Erotic Thriller Club. the late 70s and there's a serial killer chopping up leather daddies all over new york city thankfully we're a sexy italian cop who can solve the case how might you ask we're gonna put on our tightest leather pants our deepest v and just stand around at gay bars until the killer tries to fuck us this week on the erotic thriller club cruising welcome friends to the erotic thriller club i'm your host garrett calendar and I am Kit Ryan, and this is where we answer the genre's three most important questions. Was I aroused? Was I thrilled? And would I ruin my life for this person? Today we're joined by my dear friend and the host of the podcast, Bradzilla and Chris Kong's Kaiju Club, as well as Mr. Los Angeles Leather 2010, Brad Taylor, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. Great to be here. That intro, oh my god. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep that on my phone for a while. Sorry, I, <clears throat> I am so excited to have you on for this episode specifically. Oh my god. You actually made me aware of this movie, Brad. Did I? Oh, awesome. When I started my, my erotic thriller journey, I was kind of asking around friends, like, what are your favorite erotic thrillers? Oh, and yeah. you said, does cruising count? And I said, what's cruising? Holy shit, what is cruising? What isn't cruising? That's what we're here to find out, I guess. <laughs> so I like those three questions. Brad. Oh my gosh, it's exciting. <laughs> By yes. the end, you should be prepared to answer. Oh, I... Yes. I, I'm more interested in about Garrett's answers than anybody else. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be very telling of, of me and who I am. Uh, so, Brad, where is erotic thrillers in your life? Where, where do those play into your life? How do, how, what's your relationship with them? You know, I love a cheesy erotic thriller as much as the best, the next of us. Um, they're not my favorite, honestly, because they've usually very heteronormative uh, thrillers. Um, you know, Body of Evidence with Madonna's, you know, slightly gay because it's Madonna. But, no. yeah, Sharon, put Sharon Stone in there and I'm intrigued. But they're not my favorite. I don't seek them out. But every once in a while, I'll stumble upon one. So would you say that this one is your favorite or was your first favorite in the genre? <laughs> Wow. Uh, it's probably the 
first that I sought out on my own. Like I saw it on a, a video store shelf, kids. It was VHS. Ooh. And I rented it. And yes. I was far too young to have rented it, by the way. Oh, that's always Garrett and I were like talking 16. about this in the first episode. We everyone sees these far too young. Yeah. Yeah, it was every yeah, you never saw this at the age you were intended to. Uh-uh. And they've shaped so many of us. <laughs> and it was just the cover. The cover got me. And then I watched it and I was like, wow, I don't think I'm old enough for this. (laughs) Did the cover, I mean, I've seen the poster, but did the cover Uh, really give you an idea of what what this movie was going to be like? Like, did you have an idea? No, I saw it. I was was going through a Charlie Sheen phase, by the way, at this point. Mm -hmm. So I was watching all the Charlie, I used to have a crush on him. Uh, So I don't know what I was doing. Oh, here's what happened. A hot guy walked down the aisle, and I kind of followed him, and then it was like magic, and there's like a spotlight right there when I turned around, and the movie was on the shelf. It, it, it appeared to me. It beckoned, it beckoned me forth, yes. Yeah, Al Pacino's eyes store, just stared into your soul right at that perfect moment. It's true. So, like, you put this, you're alone at home. Mm-hmm. No one else. Did you watch this? No one else was around when you saw this. No, 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 no. So you pop this into your your VCR. How quickly into the movie did you realize, like, oh man, this is gonna change my life? Uh okay, okay. So the opening scene where we see the leather bar right there, it reminded me of Police Academy. When they go to Leather Bar at the end of Police Academy, the Blue Oyster Club. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yep, I'm going to like this. When they find the arm in the water in the beginning, I was like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> that was not quite what I wanted, but it, it, yeah. The first time they go in the bar, I was like, okay, here we go. I like this. And and every bar scene after that, which is frequent, mind you. It's a lot. There's a lot. I think one thing with a lot of erotic thrillers is a lot of the time the eroticism happens up top and then the rest of the movie is the building of thrills. But this one is a, is a pretty much straight line of eroticism throughout while the thrills are happening around it. It is (laughs) very well balanced (laughs) and it's insane. So that's, so everybody, this movie was directed by William Friedkin who is at the time of this movie, coming off The Exorcist and Sorcerer, two fucking masterpieces. And to me, this is a, this is a, this is, he did a hat trick with these three. This is. <laughs> he, it gave him the clout to do that, man. You do these two huge, you know, crime dramas. Then, oh, you know, I want to do this little tiny movie. Don't worry about it's about. Well, just, just, just give me the green light. And it'll get you as many, you know, big name actors as you possibly want. Like, fill fill your movie to the brim with (laughs) named actors. Or future famous people. Sure. I would love Um, to know the pitch behind this movie. What, like, how did he pitch it to the studio? To, you know, to uh, Lorimar, whoever. I would love to hear that story. Well, and so... Like we said, this movie, very erotic throughout, and we'll get into a lot of those specifics in a bit, but we do find out later that he cut 40 minutes 
from those scenes. There is so much more raunchy stuff on a cutting room floor somewhere, or this movie would have been rated X. Fisting, and there's stuff that got cut. What the fuck? Yeah. So, Brad, I was (laughs) under the director. That's that's the director uncut version. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give us that Snyder cut, please. Yeah. Yeah, please. So I was under the impression that it was this movie that inspired you to want to join the the Leather Daddy Club. Uh, was it actually Police Academy? Police Academy was my first glimpse into it. And uh, I met the guy from poli- not too long ago, the guy, the police officer guy who goes to the bars, like, you don't even know what you did. <laughs> and he's, he loved, he loved it. He's like, really? He's like, that's great. And then he sent me a, then he sent me a picture of him at the leather bar. It says "Keep on dancing." Oh wow! <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but that was like that was like the just the the the, the top of the water, you know. That was just, that movie's just we're dancing and with really hot guys. And this is like holy crap! It's like Star Wars Cantina. <laughs> it really does. Like I know this movie is very controversial. Uh, in part because it portrays the gay community as very fucking intense. Well, yeah. Question: um, Is the is the punk music accurate to gay bars in 1980? As far as you're aware, because I, I found that a little suspect. <laughs> I have worked at three leather bars in my life, and uh, as much as I love this soundtrack, I also know I'm like this is unusual. Here's the thing. It would probably have been top 40 hits of the time. You know, it's maybe some underground punk here and there, but yeah, the DJs back then would just be playing the hits. Yeah. Yeah. So the music doesn't really match. It's probably what the director is like, yeah, this is what I want it to be. Yeah, I'm sure the director was like, oh, um, this scene isn't quite as intense with Donna Summer playing in the background. Exactly. Well, they're like, how are we going to get get Garrett to, like, feel this movie more? It's like, throw in a, have the germs write an original song for this soundtrack. (laughs) Just for you. And it worked. Look at that. I mean, the village people would have, the village people would have been super appropriate, but, True, but. It's probably very expensive as well. You don't want to pay the rights to those songs. The the vibes of these clubs, though, I mean, some of them are not unlike the vibes of like some punk clubs I've been into, but with a lot more spanking and blowjobs. Like yeah. Like now, this lot. is a time I, I, I am older, but this is a time before before I went to those clubs. So my experience is very different. That's what. It's like when you go on a certain Hollywood tour of a studio and you expect oh, there's elephants walking around and there's people in costumes. And it's really none of those things, right? It's just very tame and quiet for the most part. Mm. Most leather bars are very low-key and quiet. No one's... But I can't speak for 1980 when that... I mean... Those it were was packed. a different time. <laughs> yeah, it was a different time. And my husband, uh, Richard, like, oh, I wish I could have been there. I'm like, I don't think it was quite... You know, everything is heightened for that. It, yeah, it's but, the movies. Yeah. You're like right, I said, though, Star Wars Cantina. Like those tours, you know, you're expecting Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And in this, like, 
I, I it may it sets an improper expectation for mm. what you were gonna get. You know, like you see the name, you're going into a bar called the Cockhole or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and then it's just, the a gay a gay bar ass parade. It was just nothing but ass as far as the eye could see. And those were real places, man. Those are real bars, most of which didn't no longer exist, unfortunately. But yeah, oh. those are real places. Well, this is a nice time capsule then into Oh, it's amazing. Of a time. It's mm. it is yeah, watching it again this morning. Not the great, <laughs> greatest movie to watch in the morning. But uh, I was like, wow, this is this is something else. Just the the background and sit and like and all I imagined was if I took Garrett to a, a leather bar what would happen that was my what would happen we, i mean garrett what would happen well i mean any i've never been to a leather bar but like any gay bar i've been to everybody's always been very nice and respectful but at these specific leather bars honestly like i would be fucking horrified because the stares that people are giving you are that of a killer not <laughs> that of somebody looking to have fun on a friday that is how they have fun on a Friday, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett, what are you talking about? I well, mean, like just right behind, right, right behind me, Garrett. <laughs> I didn't plan this. I have a, I have a harness right here, Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am sure this would fit you. I am Which, sure this would fit it, you. It is a little weird when Al Pacino does finally go home with a guy in order to set up like a sting operation, and that guy is like, "Tie you up." I don't want to, why would we do that? I don't understand. And it's like, you're in a leather bar. He didn't meet you at Starbucks. Like, this cannot be news to you that this is a thing some people are into. One of the things this movie gets really right, though, I'll give this movie credit, Al Pacino dipping his foot and each time he goes back, it's a little more intense. Mm-hmm. That is, that's how it is. You know, you're afraid to go in these places. I also, in my head, I'm like, this is his perception of what he's seeing in this bar. It's not, not actually be what's happening. Yes. Because each time he goes back, he's got more leather on, nicer leather. Like, by the time it's done, like, he's got a Langlitz jacket. That's really nice. And uh, <laughs> that is what a lot of people's experiences are when they, 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 they put their foot in, you know. As someone in the community, I've got to tell people not to be, like you said, everyone's face fucking you with their eyes I gotta tell people, don't you guys can't keep doing that it scares it's people away they're, they're very skittish lure like, them in. like deer they're very skittish when they come in so. but the thing is you get you go five or six times by that sixth time maybe you're a little uncomfortable when you walk in but next thing you know you're huffing ether out of a rag and having the fucking time of your life I'm doing a white man's overbite yeah. dancing yeah. Pop- and poppers man it was everywhere mm-hmm. i i could i could smell that place man when i watched the movie like, <laughs> i know what this smells like so yeah, just to, yeah i was yes. gonna say just to kind of set up this movie you had mentioned this movie opens with body parts in a river we yeah. see the cops and the go laziest to- cops of all fucking time which it, yeah he's yikes. like hey you know we could take the fingerprints off of this arm and maybe link it to a murder and they're like nah throw it in the limb bin <laughs> just like, and there's a limb bin that you see all these parts yep it's yep. like a and halloween they, store and they 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 use the phrase cuppy cause undetermined pending police investigation which they are very clear is like i don't want to fucking do my job 
Yeah, well, sadly, that was probably very true back then. It may be true now. I don't yeah, know. It's, uh, some yeah. recent experience some friends have had, I'll tell you. It's uh, it, uh, that they threw they threw their cases in the, the limb bin. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, so we get to the first leather bar. We get our uh, our, our villain taking somebody home. And, and walking this movie, through the streets that are so scummy, filled with so many suspicious characters. This puts that meat and fire district in Fatal Attraction to shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is actually the exact same New York Meg Ryan lived in, in the cut. <laughs> like this is it is horrifying. When we get back to this guy's apartment. It's not just the punk music that they're using to pull Garrett in. Mm -hmm. Immediately, there is a pile of professional wrestling magazines on the floor. (laughs) I thought that too. I'm like, oh, Garrett probably loved that. And I'm like pausing and zooming in like, who is this? I'm like, oh, Bob Backlund. Yeah. And then, and then he gets a blowjob on top of the wrestling magazines. And so. And that's exactly what Garrett always dreamed of. This is really like adjacent to a lot of my interests. So <laughs> it sure I is, love the shot, uh, the <laughs> shot of the 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 bedroom mirror where like that was an extremely sexy uh shot of, you know, them standing in the the darkness and he's like looking in the mirror. Uh, and I was pleasantly surprised because I was worried when this started that it was going to not take gay male sexuality seriously, that it was going to treat it as like gross or a joke. But like that shot is like it's really sexy and unapologetically so. And I, I very much enjoyed that. Not that there aren't other things in the movie that are more problematic, <laughs> But at least some of the time it was trying. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's certain things in this movie. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's competently shot. The uh, (laughs) actual, like, thriller elements of it. Honestly, it's shot like a horror movie. Like, there's things that kind of, it's fucking scary when people are getting killed in this. Like, it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, Where some of the other erotic thrillers, like, it can be borderline goofy. This there is no sense of that in the actual thriller element of the movie. It's true. But and just just FYI, they people have back in the day they would cut part of the movie and show it in leather bars. You would actually see it really? in bars when you would go there. In between oh, the porn they would play. They would cut out like this the stabby stabbies, but like like the all the, intense like the parts of parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Well if you if you cut out like all of the scary parts and just play those in the bar, it's like a pretty feel good movie. Yeah. It's about <laughs> Al Pacino discovering his sexuality. <laughs> Which we got to talk about the cops pulling Al Pacino in to explain the mission. Yes. When it he is. Just starts the conversation with like, hello, you see Al Pacino. He walks in, he's very young and handsome. And then he's just like, you ever had your dick sucked by a man? He's like, excuse me? He's that like, sounds like, like me and Garrett when I first met Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett walks in, he's young, he's handsome. Oh, little Jimmy I mean, was so cute. I don't know if this is appropriate to say. And I think in a different time, you know, it was a different time, folks. And. And I was okay with it. 
I was just talking about this an hour ago. Brad and I worked together at, uh, let's just say, a movie studio. And my very first day of work, he grabbed me by the throat and penned me against the wall. <laughs> was and, it the uh, first day? <laughs> was it day two? No, it was a wait, bit into it. Wait, no, hold no. on. Your objection is it wasn't the first day. Not yeah. it wasn't by the throat or it wasn't that didn't happen well, at all. Uh, that's conjecture, it, hearsay. Hearsay, Abs- <laughs> objection, your honor. This okay, whole food looks- court's out of order. <laughs> <laughs> so if it wasn't the first day, I will be generous and give you first two weeks. We were working on a talk show at the time in a garage. That's not my memory of where I was. Oh, okay. That's I mine. believe. Uh, listen, Brad, I'm inclined to believe the victim. So yeah, yeah, um, fair, fair. My memory kit is we were on the set of a famous bar of a show you and I used to watch together in college. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, and I mean, do I whisper what you you say in my ear, or do we leave that between us? Oh my god, it's just I, like sideways. I, I don't even know what you're talking about now. Okay, well back to the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I I love uh, Garrett. And I may have been a little handsy at times. I've grown. I'm a person. Uh-huh, I've grown. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That was many years it was ago. A, it was different a different time. time and we're still really. friends. Uh-huh. Yeah, see? Uh-huh. I apologize. I apologized. I apologize. Oh, okay. Well, so, I, so, so I need to talk a bit about Al Pacino in the yes. scene because he's he's asked if he's ever had his dick sucked by a man, and he says no, and kind of laughs, and then the guy keeps asking him more questions, and at one point he says, "Well." But he gets cut off, and I desperately need to know what he was gonna say after that. Well. Because this isn't a a, a a question that is usually, um, uh, I don't know, ambiguous at all. You either have or have or not yeah. had your dick sucked by a man. Well, do we yeah. think? No, I think do sometimes we think there's a Garrett. Yeah. Answer the question, Garrett. Well, <laughs> and mm-hmm. to, how high did his voice get when he said, "Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> that really, well." <laughs> I would be afraid to tell Paul Sorvino I got my dick sucked. Like (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Paul Sorvino is uh, the captain, and uh, he's 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 very intense. Yes, he is. It's just it's such an insane. It's such an insane setup to this movie where he's basically like, like I said in the intro, he's like, "We're gonna dress you up gay and have you stand around," and then he. And he's like, how do you feel about this? And he's like, fine. There's like, he, he doesn't even take the night to think about it. No, he does answers not ask on the spot. Like, he's like, I'm in. It was in. 1980. It was hard to get a detective promotion back then. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, okay, so he's dating. Academy. He's dating Marion Ravenwood from, from Indiana Jones. And Karen uh, Allen. Yeah. And she looks amazing. She looks and, insanely good. So, so 
she says, because he says why he's going to take this mysterious job that he definitely can't talk about. And she's like, why? And he's like, well, it's, I'm going to get to be detective afterwards. And she's like, I didn't know you were so ambitious. And he says, there's a lot you don't know about me. And she says, such as, and he does not answer. She says, such as, and he goes, well. Well. <laughs> He's well, he's the Thor meme. He's the Thor meme. Well, is it really? What is, also, I do have a couple questions. I feel like I've seen a lot of Al Pacino movies, and this is Al Pacino before something happened. He isn't Ua Al Pacino. He is just a normal actor in this movie. Yeah. He's doing what he needs to do. Just like the detective. He's trying, man. He's trying. He has one moment where he goes full Al Pacino, and that's when he starts beating up on uh, the neighbor, the neighbor's husband or boyfriend or whatever. Uh, Dexter's that, dad. Dexter's dad. That's yes, that is Dexter's dad. He that is Dexter's shit. dad. <laughs> Only young and handsome. Yeah, poor James Remar. Maybe uh, he. Also, in that scene, he knocks on the door and he's like, where's my guy? And he's like, I'm not telling you. He closes it. He starts beating on the door. He's like, I'll call the cops. If somebody's beating the shit out of your door, why three seconds later would you peek to see, peek out to see if they were I gone? I would not. There's, I, no I good, there's nothing either. good out there for you. Especially 1980s. Yeah. Well, listen, he really wanted to get... Written. He wanted to see Ted super bad. So yeah, Doug... Uh, Al Pacino meets, he moves into the gay apartments, which I guess were a thing in 1980. Here's the apartment. I would watch watch that spinoff with the landlady who sells the magazines. She sounds great. She sounds fun. She sounds extremely fun. He finds that his apartment that he moves into with the rental comes with free stacks of gay magazines and his instinct is to throw them out, which I find reprehensible. That was free. I, I don't know if you're properly like describing how many were actually in this apartment. This apartment is completely empty except for the fucking treasure trove <laughs> at the top of the... It is... And he's looking through it, and it's some pretty spicy magazines. I would love to have that box. I would love that. <laughs> and he so wants to go put it in the trash, and his uh, cute neighbor, Ted, comes out and says, don't throw them out. The landlady resells them. <laughs> Which I loved his relationship with Ted. It was like such a wholesome relationship where in a different movie, mm-hmm. it would have been cute. It would have been a cute yes. friendship. Between not, Al Pacino and uh, Leather and his playwright buddy. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that Al Pacino and Ted didn't fuck. I'm just gonna say it. Like Yeah. Yeah. Well, me too. Maybe well, I, Right? Forty minutes on the cutting room 40 floor minutes. is all I'm gonna say. Somewhere <laughs> in those forty minutes, maybe Al Pacino and this dude having sex and uh, I wish we I'm just gonna say, like, it. yeah, exactly. Al Pacino warming up to the community. That would be the first guy he would go after. Like, you know, the, the nice, easy one. Yeah. He's oh, not, yeah. He doesn't go cruising or out to the leather bar. He's a nice stay at home boy. Well, his dipping his toe into the community oh, is he's like, I'm going to go to a diner with this guy, but mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to have to keep my shirt unbuttoned down to my belly button. 
So important question. Uh, I did note that he had uh, dog tags on w- mm-hmm. against his bare chest. And my question was, um, he's under a fake name right now because uh, he's undercover. Do right. those dog tags have his, have real, his real fucking name, name on them? <laughs> Is he that bad of a cop? Because he's not a good cop. We need to establish. And then I don't mean that he's a bad person. I mean he's bad at he being does his a job, cop. Yes. He does he's his job poorly. There are that many being times- said, the other cops are raping people yes. and also like just not investigating crimes. So at this the very true. least, he's trying. No one ever taught him to do <laughs> cop work because apparently <laughs> no one does it ever. No. So Not there. Uh, not in that street. Like his job is to go to gay bars and try to get picked up by a serial killer, but he never goes home with anybody. Like a guy follows him down the street and is like, hey, you want to come back with me? And he's like, Mm, not tonight it really does say something about his um i don't know his level of commitment to this job because i'll tell you this in the departed leo would have given everybody hand jobs if he had to to, to solve that crime that is absolutely true but yeah in the last 20 minutes of this movie he decides to actually be a cop and do cop things like looking up known associates of the dead guy (laughs) and then doing a basic bit of like stakeout work to see if that guy acts suspicious stuff that you could have done earlier and saved like at least three lives it's it's like a porn when someone delivers a pizza. They're really not <laughs> delivering the pizza. That's not their goal. It isn't to deliver the pizza. No, he was too busy discovering his own sexuality. Exactly. His blossoming, burgeoning sexuality. He didn't have time to be a cop and save people from murder. No. Well, and just like everybody else right now, his work conditions were pretty poor. He was established from Paul Sorvino at the beginning. He's like... You are going to have to blow people, and I will pay you once a month under the table. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The way you said that, give blowjobs once a month under the table with (laughs) Walter Reno? Okay. (laughs) All right. If you say so. Where do I sign up for that job? I do love, though, that Pacino, he goes to a, a shop and he learns about the handkerchief code. The hanky code. Yeah, they're just hanging there. They're just hanging there. And he's That's like, my what nightmare. are those? The what? hanky Wait. code, as a colorblind person, oh, the no. hanky code is my nightmare. Oh, no. Oh, my God, Brad. I didn't even fucking consider that. Oh, it's even worse if you can't tell left from right. <laughs> it's used less Brad. and less these days, but yeah, it's... I learned oh, about the hanky code from you and your husband. Did and you really? I did at a gay bar on your birthday. Did you see it in the wild? Is that why you asked? I think I had heard about it. And like, I started quizzing you and your husband on like color and side and everyone I was able to say, it was like a trivia night. You guys were able to get it so quickly. (laughs) And I was very impressed. The new form of bar trivia. No, back then, the back then it's it's like Pokemon. There's only like seven (laughs) colors there, but now there's like every variation, like Robin's egg blue, uh, Twilight Sparkle. Yeah, it's. Oh no! I'll tell you one time. 
a Machamp card in your back pocket means you're able to give six hand jobs at once. Exactly. Yeah, but I can't keep track of all those new Pokemon. I don't know what to do when they get like some of this new shit in here. That's just a a a key, a key ring. I don't know what it means. One time, one time I was at an event, and there was this beautiful man, like one of the most beautiful guys I've ever seen, and I was ready to go home with him essentially, and someone goes, Brad. Do you know what color hanky he has? He's like, no. And they told me, I was like, oh, maybe not. What was it? It was brown. It was, I knew oh, it was going to be brown. Yeah. Which side? Which side I, was it uh, in? On the uh, left-hand side. I don't remember what the difference between left and right is. Left is top, right is bottom. Got it. Give or that receive, makes, yeah. Okay. No explanation necessary on that one. I love, though, that Al Pacino learns this. He learns what the code is, and he immediately chooses golden showers. He gets the yellow hanky right out the bat. I was like, right Whoa. out the bat. Not even just Coming top or bottom. He's just, all right, I'm going to make a commitment. <laughs> but then when, when confronted with the possibility of actually... Also, this just proves again that he is a bad cop. There's no evidence that the person who is the serial killer was into golden showers because there was no yeah. like urine at no the crime scene. Pee on so anybody, yeah. You, you fucked up, you're a bad cop. But also, then what, What's the hanky for out. stabbing? <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, I would assume red, but I think they said red meant something else. So red, is, red, is, red is fisting. Yeah, red is oh, fisting. That's the, Why does that your hanky good? have Jason Voorhees' mom on it? <laughs> Yeah, if Garrett had a hanky, he would have to have like a wrestling belt hanky. There you go. And and a little teddy bear. Ah. There are people in the in the nineties that had little teddy bears in their back pocket. If you're a bear. Oh, that's cute. I thought it was just obvious if you were a bear. It's like. Well, now it is, but back then when it was just Mm. a new thing. Got it. it. You had to broadcast it or like you're looking for other bears you don't want any skinny people any twinks or anything so he's gone to a couple of the bars now he hasn't really found a killer and a killer or back... romance he's found no, neither he's, he's, he's done nothing <laughs> but he goes back to karen allen's house and really gives her a pound in yeah because... you can tell he's trying to fuck the gay out of himself but... lucky her <laughs> she doesn't seem to notice that like his outfits have changed since she does you can see her <laughs> eyes look over at the little wrist thing with the spikes yeah. the bracelet yep. she is staring at that as he is pounding her which I now like, you would she, even... i was like i was like what's she looking at I'm like oh his his gauntlets yeah okay yep. which All at right. this point like in in 2023 you wouldn't think like oh maybe he's a leather daddy you would think yeah. is he the guitarist of nickelback what is <laughs> happening right now which is if worse so, i don't know i don't know <laughs> oh man she's like i wish you were the leather daddy I would point out though, that, like around the same time he's trying to fuck the gay out of himself he's also working out more like we see him working out montage yeah he's trying to look good and he's been gay he sees everybody with their shirts off. He's like, I was not prepared for this. I didn't I know it not. would be uh, boot camp for wrestling. You know, <laughs> He's been gay for a week and he has body image issues. This is not good. I appreciate that, though. I was like, oh, I get that. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, then we see, like, we go on, like, a, a magical mystery tour of places where people had gay anonymous hookups in New York in the 70s. Because mm -hmm. we go to the bar. We go to the Ramble in uh, Central Park. Yep. We go to a peep show. Like, we, we get a whole... Uh, Bookstores, uh, man. Yeah. We that was everything. that's what you had to do. That's what you had to do before the interwebs, kids. Uh, I found out from from my partner who read a book about the creation of Central Park a long time ago that the ramble is designed to have blind spots in, in like the 1800s, so that you could grab your sweetie and take them in there for a quick kiss, and no one would bother you. And now you can use it to rail a dude or murder. Let's go. Let's go, G Bear. Let's go. <laughs> To the to the rambles with you. <laughs> the the royal ramble. <laughs> oh god! I mean, it's a history lesson, you know. It like is. it's not. It's it educational. Is. It is. It is. These kids these days, man, they don't know how easy they've got it. We'll go on a, the rest of the erotic thriller tour and go to the meat and fire district and everywhere else. <laughs> Um, when I when I was a lad over in Seattle, we had uh, a park where that would that would be a thing. Yeah, so it oh. was, yeah. Um, and I like I I looked into this, and and I feel like the movie does a sort of a good job of explaining the fact that like it's because people are getting harassed by cops mm. that they have to do things that put them in danger. Yep. Right, that they have to go to these scary, easily murderable spots is because the cops are harassing you everywhere you go. Like the movie isn't great at always making that clear. Sometimes it seems to be erring on the side of nah, they just want to fuck in the woods. Sometimes like, they do. So who doesn't sometimes? Does a, a bear fuck in the woods? Yeah. They sure Does do. Does a wild bear they fuck sure in do, the Garrett. woods? <laughs> I, yeah. your, chi your child will hear this one day <laughs> mm, I'm so happy about that this will be the least of his problems at that point oh, that is true. a pretty good Fair. point his earth is I dying mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah so then there's political pressure coming down uh, like all oh, the gay groups in the city are mad that like we keep letting people get murdered so <laughs> my job's in danger so now I guess we'll bother doing basic shit like looking for fingerprints which just people being in danger, the weirdest headline in the way it was written is they walk oh, by somebody yeah. reading the paper that in large letters just says across like the New York Times or whatever, homo killer on the prowl. Which is an intentionally confusing wording. Is the killer homo or is he killing, killing homos. homos? Yeah. Or both. both. Yeah. Phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> fun with words um, um oh i i i i'm just now getting to the spot in my notes where i kept my blowjob counter oh, I, yes I very have... actually can brad and i take a guess can we like yeah. prices write this go ahead and take a guess now keep in mind this is not ex you know this i'm sure i missed some because i had to look down every now and then sometimes there were a lot of blowjobs on the screen at the same time so yeah go ahead give me your best guess I just saw Brad travel back to 1980 in his head, and he was mm -hmm. counting. He's seen, I was counting. Um, I've only seen this twice. He's seen it more than me. This is 
Um, mm-hmm. I okay. I, can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Um, forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like thirty-five. Yeah. Okay, guys, I only counted seven. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. There's well, seven front and centers, but yeah, there is seven. That's the thing is like there were seven where it's very obvious, like you see the head in the crotch. Right. There are so many more where it's like there are people in a corner and that's probably what they're doing. With this movie, there is like there is the blowjob that's front and center. And then there's the blowjob that's used as set dressing. It's always the (laughs) blowjobs you can't see. Under the surface. Yes. Which, um, one thing I do need to point out the about fisting, the which counts for extra points all by itself. We have I, to say, oh boy, oh boy, was that at the I cop never... car? Up that whole fucking arm, oh, yeah? down to the elbow. What a champ! What a champ! Was, I know. Was that at the cop bar? That was not the cop one. That was uh, a different, a different theme night at the bar. And there are theme nights, so that is accurate. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was hand puppet night. That was they. <laughs> Fuck you, Garrett. Uh, he gets very Henson. uncomfortable. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, he's so uncomfortable. This on movie cosplay. also inspired Jeff Dunham, Brad. So, like, you know, yeah. Well, Cop Night was my favorite night. That's my favorite. And now it's illegal. You can't do that anymore. Wait, what? We well, can't impersonate can't. an officer. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, you can't. I'm sorry. Does that mean I can't hire strippers uh, that are dressed as sexy cops? Is that you have to? That... you It has to be obviously not a real cop outfit. Because real, I've, I I've, I've walked down San Francisco in full leather cop outfit, and people have asked me for help. So people oh, don't. No. I'm like, okay. Well, so that's just because you have a kind wish, face. Though... I don't know. I feel like I would like cops more as a general concept if they did wear hot pants and like leather, sexy bondage gear as part of the uniform. So yeah, would so, you uh, getting real badges is difficult now. It used to be super easy to get a real cop badge, and now it's. Not- <laughs> I guess I'm glad yeah, it's harder yeah, to do. Yeah. Because well, even Paul Sorvino says, like, there's more fake cups than there are cups. And I like that when uh, Pacino goes to the cop bar, the bouncer's just like, are you a cop? And he's like, no. He's like, well, then get the hell out of here. You're throwing yeah. off our vibe. <laughs> the vibe is for cops. Did you and not look around? I've had to do that. I've had that job at a bar, at a leather bar. Like, on theme nights, Wait. I'm like, sorry, you can't come in, you guys. Oh my god, you're so much harsher than a Renaissance fair. <laughs> Listen, there, there's there's a there used to be a, a bar in San Francisco called the Loading Dock, and it That's had a, a good name, a very specific dress code on nights. And lesbians sued us, and we couldn't do it anymore because we wouldn't let them in because you know it is whatever. But it's you can't do that anymore. But it was a different time. <laughs> You get in free now, and you have like a back room. If you're in dress code, you can go to the back room. Oh, the VIP. Yeah. yeah. And trust me, you never want to clean up after that. It's the worst. Oh, Oh, no. Scrubbing the floors at these bars look miserable. Um, I've I've had to do that. (laughs) William Friedkin did something in this movie 
that you don't see in many movies. I mean, this movie showed a lot of things you don't see in your your average <laughs> film or that is many true. films. You see a guy's taint. And yeah. I'd never seen a taint on on film before. And actually, Friedkin has done it twice. You see a dude taint in the <laughs> movie Jade, taint. which he also directed. I'm very excited that you're concentrating on taints right now, G-Bear. This is my job now, Brad. Oh. Yeah, we do this. We've come full um, circle. Okay. <laughs> I also want to point out, and I don't know if this is the problem with the movie or a problem with gay clubs or gay leather clubs in the late 70s, early 80s, but like, anybody else realize these clubs are super white? Like, there are no black leather dads. That is still an issue. That is, is it really? Um, it is. Unfortunately, that's still, there's not a lot of people of color uh, in the community because people are terrible yeah 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 and wow. you're right it's very especially back then oh my god it was probably that was probably very accurate unfortunately i did not realize yeah. um, also yeah, also, was... also there's no ladies there now there's what there, now now there'd be tons of ladies there yeah well yeah you got all the bitchy um bachelorette party yeah. assholes there yeah. to ruin everyone's good time was karen allen the only woman in the entire movie uh that talked i think yeah and the landlady well Actually, she's in theory we, we didn't even the see her yeah i don't think we yeah. see her She's mentioned twice, but she is not. She feels there. real. They fleshed her out well, but they she... really did. <laughs> Fully I realized. Watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like uh, it's like um, storage wars, but just her going through the apartments. But just like... her going through the apartments, taking all their gay shit after they move out and trying to resell it. She has a box of cock rings. She's like, "What am I going to do with all this?" <laughs> Are these earrings? Uh, I don't get it. No, what's this? Chain mail? Okay, so then... <laughs> they decide... Um, like, Pacino decides that, like, this one guy who looked at him funny, I guess, is, like, probably the killer. And he tells the rest of the cops about it. And they are so comically bad. Like, they suck pun intended at their jobs so much that like when they're staking this dude out at his job they sit next to each other side by side in the booth with no one across from them and they're like not ready to order when the waiter comes by they're so bad at this and it's like Oh, so in the beginning, they were right when they were like, you guys are lazy and you don't even want to do any work at all unless someone just comes in and confesses to a crime. And it's like, yeah, these guys never learn to do basic shit like not look like you're watching someone when you're watching someone. I don't think police work was the gist of this movie. <laughs> no, you're probably right, but it does not paint cops in a good light, does it? But well, you're multiple right, reasons. Like two yeah. straight cops in 1980 sitting on the same side of the booth. Like it's so weird. That waiter would have had to been like something's up here. Something's Al up Bundy here. is not cruising right now. He is. He, he is. Be. He's doing. So yeah. But I did look this up, and New York City did have sodomy laws that ended the fucking year this movie came out, 1980. Yep. 
so when they were like, hey, we have enough to catch you and put you away for three years, they fucking did. Which, wow. that's entrapment. This whole thing was entrapment. <laughs> this whole movie's entrapment. It's where's nothing Ka- but entrapment. Where's, Ka- where's Catherine Zeta-Jones? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> She's off giving Michael Douglas uh, throat cancer. Um, exactly. <laughs> wow. Sheepers. Enough. <laughs> but yeah so when they break in and catch uh you know they're gonna do this bust this is a big moment because this is something that's really important to me from a leading man in an erotic thriller mm-hmm, al pacino mm-hmm. shows cheeks yep 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 he doesn't show anymore because he is face down and hogtied at the time uh, but we'll chalk that up would, there's would, 40 would, more minutes we didn't see i would tie that man up yeah did you have a crush on him after this movie? Like, was oh, he like a big? Uh, oh yeah, he's not my type, but yeah, uh, not anymore. He looks good, and he looks good in a leather jacket. My biggest, my biggest issue with his performance is that he was flagging bottom, and in my head, I'm like, no, Al Pacino's not a bottom. Jesus Christ! I guess to lure somebody, I might believe that. You know? <laughs> if I were, if I were an undercover cop trying to lure a serial killer, yeah, yeah. yes, I guess I could pretend to be a bottom. After this, and they bring them into the interrogation. This is of- the weirdest fucking thing in the whole fucking movie! <laughs> it goes off the rails right here. It goes so fucking crazy so quick! This was a scene that they had to have not thought, this makes sense. They thought this would be fun. <laughs> No, I have worse news for you. Please. This is all based off real shit that uh, that fucking cop actually did. Yeah. Wait, so this is, is this a true story that I'm watching? Yes. Su- a pseudo true The part, it, yes. The, the part about, like, so the what happens is uh, the guy's not fucking complying and telling them what they want to hear. And he's like, I want a lawyer. And they don't like that. So what they have is a, it's like seven foot tall black guy in a jock strap with a cowboy hat who fucking walks in and just backhands him. The 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 person they are interrogating. Well, the person is and Al Pacino. The, yeah, first he does it to Al Pacino, then he does it to the other guy. He 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 slaps around a lot of people, this giant black, mostly naked cowboy. And apparently that is a real cop doing something he really did because i guess it's not police brutality if no one will believe you oh yeah that yeah yeah because oh a giant black guy in a cowboy hat and a jockstrap beat me up yeah no one's gonna believe you brad there is a job out there for you i know how do i get this job yeah, and of course they they beat the shit out of this kid and then they're like oh yeah the fingerprints don't match but now he has a story. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a story. And once and, again, no and, one believes him. Yeah. You I were huffing that I... ether rag too hard last night, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Yeah. But we got our person yeah. of color, at least. We did. We did. Who honestly got a pretty meaty role. Very, That's, it's yeah. memorable. very memorable role. He was role. hot. He was hot. Like good the, God! I assumed it was like a famous person. Like yeah. he, like he had the build of just like a big famous athlete. So I was like, today this... it would be like a and uh, like a, a a low grade uh, wrestler shows up. 
and does that it. was in the remake biggie will do that yeah. role yeah exactly the remake <laughs> the <laughs> remake uh but yeah, so this upsets Al Pacino because, oh, now he's the one who's gotten his face slapped during an interrogation. And he realized he doesn't like it. And then he feels bad because, like, you know, he was having, on a nice date with this guy and then people beat the shit out of him. And it turned out he wasn't the one who did it. So uh, it has, like, this fascinating line where, like, he, so he's talking to Paul Servino, the captain, about, like, you know, I don't think I can do this job anymore. I I didn't become a cop just to beat the shit out of a gay guy. And Paul Servino tells him there are going to be days where you beat the shit out of like 12 guys who didn't do anything wrong. And that's not there <laughs> just because they're weird little guys who <laughs> seem like they did something wrong, even though they didn't. And it's not their fault. And it's not your fault. It's the job, which is the wildest, uh, like, and that was there. That was probably, oh, keep those glasses on. Uh, that was probably their <laughs> recruitment poster. That was their video they used to recruit. In yeah, the it's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's the job. job. Sometimes there's going to be a day where you beat the shit out of 12 little guys. <laughs> They're That's... weird. They're and weird little guys. If they had just, just been more normal. It wouldn't you wouldn't have, have to beat him up. You know? It, yeah, and Pacino starts itself. having like an actual panic attack about it. And I've, I've kind of felt a little bad for him. During this point, like he is really getting bummed out in this movie. Yeah. And I love when oh, he gets it, home. Serial killer's bumming me it's out. It's getting to him now, man. The job's getting to him. Yeah. He's and too far to cover. See- <laughs> when you see him come home from a day's work, it is like a guy that had been working a jackhammer all day. He comes home and hangs well, his leather hat well, on the wall. <laughs> well, there is a bar but called he, the jackhammer. And of course there is. <laughs> but he literally is coming home and it's like he's taking off his work boots and his leather cap oh, yeah, and just yeah. sitting there. But then the gay couple next door is arguing and he just can't get a moment's peace. Can't get a moment's peace. <laughs> Uh, and, and now that his relationship with Marion is falling apart because I don't know, he doesn't want to give it to her like he used to. And he doesn't come home very often because he's off at the gay bars having fun all night and all night long. Listen, any gay, any gay man worth his salt would come home to Karen Allen. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. She was in Starman. I would. Um, but so Pacino then starts doing actual cop work, and of course it's like 1980, so actual cop work involves breaking and entering. Um, sure. And and he, like they, he finds the fucking guy, and I just need to point out right now that the guy he finds is absolutely not the same actor that we saw kill a person in the first killing scene in the movie because. It's never the same actor. I looked this up. Every victim also at some point plays one of the killers. And one of the killers always plays one of the victims. Wow. What? What? It's intentionally (laughs) supposed to be disorienting. Mission accomplished. And 
I don't know if it's meant to be like, you know, from a cop's perspective, right. you know, they're all the same or whether it's like this is a, a reflection on what anonymous sex is like sure. or if it's supposed to be some weird homophobic like, see, all the gays want to murder each other. We do. But like, it's... <laughs> It's definitely a choice, and it is a bold choice that is impossible to know while you're watching it. Instead, I just, like, I watched the first scene, and then we see the the guy who is the killer in the first murder gets killed in the second murder. And I was like, wait, I thought you were taking, I thought you were the murderer picking this guy up, right? And then, like going off to kill him but then you got killed and i'm just confused but then the voice of the killer was always the voice of the killer's father right yeah yes. yeah the voice of the killer is not yeah it's not his so voice, they're really yeah. fucking with us on a number of different so levels i'm happy that you're telling me this because as i feel like there's several of these erotic thrillers where i've hit a point where i can't tell if i'm fucking stupid or the movie just is <laughs> poorly made because I actually had to pause the movie, went on Wikipedia to read like the breakdown to see like where did I miss something, and it turns out I didn't. You didn't. <laughs> well, it's especially difficult because, as they point out, the killer has a type, so they all look kind of similar enough yeah. that you could, if you're not paying super close attention, not realize that they're doing this. Yeah, they all look like Kiss without makeup. <laughs> wow, that is. A hundred percent. That's the best description I've ever heard. Yeah. They all do. Yeah. It's Everything. all Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. <laughs> it all is. Probably them. It is. <laughs> Gene Simmons um, is going to sue us now for saying that. <laughs> he loves the movie. Um, and so we overhear the killer talking about, like, um, you know... Uh, you know, my dad won't buy me a car and that's so annoying. And then we later find out his dad's been dead for 10 years. 10 years. And that the roommate knew, the roommate knew that that dude had a dead dad. And I cannot imagine a creepier scenario than my roommate, who I know has a dead father, casually telling me that, like, my dad said he won't buy me a car this summer. Very Pamela Voorhees, yes. <laughs> <laughs> The Boy Meets World dad's pretty hunky in the yes. uh, the eighties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Taught us lessons and he got us aroused in the eighties. So it. Oh, thank God. But yeah, where where are we? Like this movie is this movie over? What? No, no, it does, <laughs> it's not because first first Al Pacino has to meet up with the with the killer for yeah. some some anonymous gay sex and a then pantsless see- knife fight. The pantsless knife yeah, fight that is over park. before yeah. it even begins. It was so fast. <laughs> yeah, I had to go back and several times to figure out the chain of events and like who had a knife? Did they both have a knife? Right. Who stabbed who first? This it's is like how me and Brad's keep... friendship ends. It's true. It's like <laughs> it's like drag queens that keep knives in their wigs to pull out for fights. <laughs> yes. It is so weird that it is a steak knife that he keeps in his boot. <laughs> I have to say, not like a pocket knife or a, a, a like a switchblade. No, I keep a steak knife in my boot. Brad, when we go on our historical tour and you turn around and I have no mm-hmm. pants on and I'm holding a knife and say lips or hips, uh, it's fucking <laughs> on, bud. <laughs> that is the way I'd want to go. 
That is. <laughs> if I gotta die. Listen. Sign me up. How will Chris and Richard feel about this? Do I take your place uh, yep. in your house? It's like it's like Highlander. If you you've got a <laughs> now you're part of it. We'll put a collar so, on you, and now you're part of the thing. He stabs the dude, and the dude lives. They take him to the hospital, right? And they're like, "You definitely did it. Your fingerprint was on the 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 bloody quarter in the peep show." Yeah. Great evidence right there. Um, and he's like, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't do shit. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to put you away anyway. We're going to indict you. Deal. We're going to indict yeah. you. Very, very, but they, very timely. But they <laughs> promise him, they're like, we know you killed these eight people. If you uh, admit <laughs> to it, we'll actually, we'll actually get you out of jail in eight years. Yeah, that was the wild thing. And I know cops are allowed to lie, but eight years is just absolutely insane. <laughs> Uh, but he does not admit to it. And then uh, it, there's another murder. And it's it's fucking Ted. Oh, it's fucking Ted. Ted. Our, Our beloved Ted. Poor Ted. And we don't know if it's his, you know, boyfriend that he was fighting with or a different serial killer or even Al Pacino himself. It is intentionally left ambiguous as to who killed poor Ted. Oh, poor Ted. But the actual finale of this movie, Karen Allen puts on the leather gear while Al Pacino's looking at her. Al Pacino turns and looks right down the barrel of the camera straight at us and is just like, well, and then the movie. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Was I gay or was I not gay? Well, he was dead the whole time. (laughs) <laughs> he was dead the whole time and he was the killer the whole time and all of the characters were actually just his alternate personalities i think he killed ted i'm pretty sure he do you really ted. think he killed yeah. ted yeah well apparently oh, wow. in other cuts of the movie they do make it seem more like maybe al pacino is the killer uh, it seems like we really did miss out on a lot from this 40 minutes. In those 40 removed. minutes. The legendary 40 minutes. Which, looking on Wikipedia, in tw- it says in 2013, James Franco and a couple other filmmakers made um, a movie. I think it was called like Interior Leather Bar. Yeah, like Small Town Leather Bar. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. this said, this was called. He did a leather bar movie, yes. Yeah, it's called Interior Leather Bar, and it yeah. says that it's a docu-fiction about those 40 missing minutes of the movie. Did, well, what do we learn? I don't know. I've got to watch it. Yeah. Come on <laughs> over, G-Bear. That, you know what? Next time I'm in... Movie night! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good night. I'll bring the popcorn. You bring the ether. Uh <laughs> Me, me, you, me, you, Richard, and Chris will all sit around and watch this James Franco movie while huffing. Who knows? Oh, Richard we'll all dance afterwards. Richard, adores I love, you. I love Richard. He's the best. He is the best. He could also be a killer, though. He's so, <laughs> he's so unassuming. Like he's so sweet. It's always the ones you You're least the expect. Is sorry, is one of you doing like clinking on something metal? Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, sorry. I was, I was hearing I'm not that. Gonna, I was like, I'm not going to tell you what it was. 
I saw oh, it earlier, no. Brad. <laughs> oh, Chris now brought that it in. Really Chris brought it giving. in. Uh huh. Oh, I love that. That is <laughs> the, some good extra sound detail that we can add in. The the camera froze for me when you held it up. May I see it one more time? Yeah. Can we just like one more one more again? That's good impressive. lord. Wandering to rule them all. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> My precious. This one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so this movie is a trip and now it's it time is, and i i don't i i don't know before we before we ask the important questions i just gotta say like brett what is your take on is this movie um uh on a scale of of problematic to the gay culture where does this lie because it's weirdly dehumanizing but also weirdly humanizing because it's like on the side of the 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 drag queens or transsexuals it's not clear who get um harassed by the cops it makes it makes it pretty clear that the cops are are treating good people shittily but also it kind of is implying that all gay people want to murder each other so i'm (laughs) This curious is, what your take is. This is one of those, it depends on who you ask. Like mm-hmm. People, my former partner grew up in that time, and he was like, oh, we loved the movie. We loved it. We thought it was great. You know, because you never see ourselves reflected. And now, under today's lens, of course, it's terrible. It's, it's so <laughs> problematic in every frame of film. But uh, it's it also inspired people to get murdered after that. So not super great. Wait, inspired what? It inspired people to murder people. To murder. Yeah. yeah. Hate what? crimes were committed because of yeah. this movie. Oh, come on. Yeah, and they said they cited the film as their reasoning. Oh, for God's sake. So Well, if it makes you feel any better, people also cited the Truman show as a reason to murder somebody. So I wanted to murder somebody after that movie. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Avatar so, is also responsible for a handful of deaths. So. I well, mean, it must be. It's, like you guys said before, it's a time capsule movie. It is, like, problematic Looney Tunes cartoons. It's, mm. it, it gotta, uh, it exists. View it in a lens. It was done by a bunch of straight folks, and, you know, their intentions are dubious at best. <laughs> it's a learning tool. I still appreciate it. I never saw it as controversial from a little kid to seeing it to today but i could definitely i wouldn't show it to a young person now necessarily who said hey i'd like to go to a gay bar do you have any movies to watch <laughs> probably <laughs> prepare not prepare me for the experience <laughs> though uh, american horror story last year their whole season was based on that it was based on that movie really yeah i did not watch it yeah it's like a, it, it tried to put AIDS in there and bad cops and oh, but half the fun of this is that there is no AIDS. There's yet. A, everyone's is, having a great time. It is right. It's the day before, man. It is the day before. It's the day before, <laughs> it's the day before they they got rid of the sodomy laws, but it is also the day before AIDS. You don't see them all going to the clinic the next week, going, oh no, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ, yeah, gay cancer. Yeah, it's... Oh, no. So, yeah, there's no right way to answer that question. It's I like the movie. I, sure. I, I, I think it's entertaining and 
showing a young person, like I showed my, my boyfriend who's much younger than I am. And he's like, wow, okay, that's pretty intense. And if it gets uh, Garrett to love me more, then even better. I mean, it gave you an excuse to hang out. It did. Right now. So. He understands me. And then now for your upcoming movie night. He understands me a little bit better. So there you go. It brought us a little closer together. And that's that's a nice Aww. thing. That's what movies are supposed to do. Ain't it, though? Thanks, Friedkin. All right. Time for the important questions. <clears throat> On a scale of one to five. Let's start with Garrett. <laughs> Were you aroused? Um... That's that's a loaded question. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you can't not appreciate the beefy men in this movie. Oh, so yeah, mo- they're so they're everywhere. They're everywhere, and like with a lot of the other erotic thrillers, it's like you're not seeing every extra half naked. Most of them are clothed <laughs> and in like business meetings. The business meetings in this are. Only the business meetings in Fatal Attraction had been held in jock straps. They it would have been a way better movie. And most of those this guys is... were actually bar people from that area, so those are real gay folks. Those... So there you go. It's, the representation. It, it's yeah. like getting to watch like a beefy Judas Priest music video. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. So you know what? You know what, guys? You know what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Five out of five. Five Woo! out of five. It. I. I've never gotten a BJ <laughs> on a set on a stack of old wrestling magazines. This movie has some fucking fantasy in it for me. This day's not over. Hey, <laughs> you're in the same town as my wife right now, which I do oh. have to mention, Brad. I do have to mention um, that you have a wife. He knows. Well, no, he knows I have a wife because he has said to my wife, "Pretty girls get their breaks cut too." And, Brad, one month after you said that, while she was on the freeway, her brakes went out. Oh, my God. It was Al Pacino. It was Al Pacino! (laughs) Brad, do you need me to go under the car and cut that for you? I love your wife. Your wife is amazing. She is. So that did make me wonder, are you kind of my Glenn Close? If anybody like, is, it would be me. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I would roll Dalmatian, mm-hmm. Dalmatian fur. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Where's the puppies? Uh, <gasps> all right, so, Brad, now, now, now I want to dress you up as a Dalmatian. Oh, no. That went to a place real quick. So, Brad, scale one to five, were you aroused? Of course. Of course. Ten out of five. Yeah. Ten out of five? It's, you know. I'm going to put it at a four and a half out of five because i really want to know what was in that missing 40 minutes yeah. if we had gotten to see actual donger or you know like i i just i feel like it, it could have gone just that squitch little yeah. bit more you're right it's why stop now what yeah you know why, wh- they wanted to give it an not? x rating why not just keep going Keep going. Just, exactly. That's what Al Pacino was saying. Just keep going. That's what I'm going to tell Garrett one day. It's, we've already done, <laughs> gone this far. What's the difference? We're already in Whoa. our wrestling outfits. I've, <laughs> I've already body slammed you in the ring. What's, you know? What's, you're why already, not? You're already oiled down. I mean, what's left? <laughs> 
Garrett, one to five, were you thrilled? Um, I would, I honestly think this one's pretty high because the horror element of the movie is mm. done so well. Um, and honestly, some like genuinely terrifying moments of the For way sure. that people are getting murdered. Uh, I'm, I'll go four. Yeah. Because it's right, consistent Brad? too. Oh, it that is part of the fun is that like both the eroticism and the thrills are very nicely spaced out. The the kill in the beginning with the stabbing in the back still haunts me. It's still I oh, worry yeah. about I've worried about that on dates. So Oh like, no. Not that yeah. The, yeah, you know. So I'm like, oh god. You don't know what's going on back there. Do I have you a way don't. to get out? Do I have a way to escape? Am I gonna get stabbed in the back? Did someone see this movie? So I'll give it a five because it still freaks me out to this day. Did That's, this movie yeah. get you to put a mirror in front of your bed just so you could you can just see what keep, they're doing? Just back over there. it, just over it. Just, just over. hey, that's the classy way to do <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, I would say four and a half out of five for thrills as well. Here too, it was very, it was very scary in a lot of places. But the disorienting nature of me not being able to tell who was the murderer actually made it a little less scary because I didn't know who I should be afraid was going to die. Fair. So I would say, yeah, the the disorienting nature of it and the fact that I was, it brought me out of it a little bit to keep keep going like, wait, who? Wait, what? What's going on here? So that would be the only reason it doesn't make it to a full five for me. And Garrett, would you ruin your life for Al Pacino? 1980 Al Pacino? Yeah, specifically. A guy who is so willing to accept that job and ask zero questions. It well, tells me that he's the kind of guy who is who's down well, for anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Up to a point. He did find he did test his limits, but you know, over the span of a couple weeks he got more comfortable with what he was doing. He hopped into the pee-pee thing too fast. He did. Which he learned. <laughs> Like he tried to God jump in the him. deep end before he learned to swim, and uh, you yeah, know, we, and we this all is water sports. Ah. In water sports, you got to be careful. You know how to swim first. Where's the lifeguard? I mean, <laughs> like when it cuts to that scene of Al Pacino shirtless, and you're just seeing his his uh, back muscles as he's lifting those mm. little weights, going mm. yeah, yeah. It's like you know mm. what? And then later in the the aviators, the leather cap. You know what? Yes, it's really. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would. Put it wow. on a scale. I think he's worth it. Five. Oh, it's, I, I thought this was just yes or no. Do we do one to five? Yeah, we've on always this? done one to five. Um, Don't you remember when I was like five out of five, Mark Ruffalo would ruin my life? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a mistake. It was not. I mean, it is. That's the whole point, is that it's ruining your life. He'd show wow. Dong, And in this though. case, you would be ruining your life by fucking a cop. <laughs> Ooh. A cop who is going to t- to get your ass beat for being a potential serial killer. Yeah, I think the problem is like I actually will rate a little. I'll go a little lower. Go like on. maybe I'll say three point five because I could potentially be the weird little guy that he beats up. Oh, little hair. Like, oh, it's okay, buddy. He won't trust me for something and just beat the shit out of me. He's like, I'm sorry. That's just, that's what we learned in the force. That's how we deal with our problems. <laughs> oh, no. wow. All right, Brad. Three and a half out of five. Would wow. you ruin your life? This is, this is kind of a weird question because uh, ruin my life by being with him? 
What, what, what's yeah, the well, scenario can, here? The scenario is you you can fuck Al Pacino, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they're going to accuse you of being a serial killer mm-hmm. and drag you into the precinct mm-hmm. and have a have a seven foot tall, mostly naked black cowboy. Brad loves it. Your ass. Listen, and also maybe do some ball torture. I think was implied. Listen, and, down the street yeah. there is a bar called the Precinct. So if <laughs> they want to drag me in there, it is Saturday night. It is gear night there. So uh huh. See, unfortunately. This just sounds like a regular Saturday for me, so... Yeah, that's not really ruining your life so much as enhancing. Yeah, and did uh, having sex with a cop, that uh, more notches on the belt, man. Yeah, okay, all right. I would would take some of his stuff home. I'm like, oh, more gear for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get a real police badge. You take his. Trust me, that's how I've gotten a few. But that's not what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> okay, fine. Let's assume that you instead uh, have to to be put in in prison for eight years because mm. they did threaten that to mm. that guy. Prison True. for eight years in exchange for fucking Al Pacino. Also, maybe there's a knife fight involved. <laughs> a pantsless knife fight. The pantsless knife fight is a deterrent. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a four. Maybe a four if, if if prison's in the offing, but to say I fucked Al Pacino's also worth eight years in prison, probably. That's because I'd be out point. in nineteen eighty eight, so I would have missed. Yeah. I would have missed the whole AIDS epidemic, the big part of AIDS. Oh shit, that's a good point. You'd be so, out by the time everybody knows about yeah. it and is like wearing condoms. And yeah, stuff. yeah. So there's pl- not bad. So maybe a five. <laughs> depends on how i'm feeling yeah um yeah i would i would say um i'm not personally looking forward to a seven foot tall uh mostly naked black cowboy beating the shit out of me because i'm five foot tall and um uh, i'm so fragile i'm just really fragile and i don't think he would respect my boundaries That include not having my face broken. (laughs) So, um, I would, but Al Pacino does look very good in the aviators and the leather jacket. He's a fucking sexy dude in this movie. He's really good looking and he's, I mean, I would, I would, five out of five would ruin my life for Ted. Just gotta say up front. Love Ted. Yeah. Five out of five would ruin my life for Ted. Um, me and Ted would be friends. We wouldn't have to you ruin You and Ted would be great. Okay, the way Ted ruins your life is that you have to go work as a dancer full time while he sits at home and works on his play. Oh, yeah. And then I have to mourn his yeah. death. And then it is untimely death. Uh, yeah, no, so actually three out of five ruining my life for Ted. Four out of five would ruin my life for Al Pacino. Fair. Karen Allen, five out of five for all. Five out of five. Five out of five. Five out of five. Anything for Karen <laughs> Allen. Also, apparently, having sex with her is the cure for being gay, at least according to what Al Pacino seems to think. So, like, um, she is the Ark. <laughs> she is the Ark of the Covenant. So, be- before we get out of here, I I thought of something from earlier. You had mentioned potential testicular torture while we were in there. There was something. That, oh yeah, uh huh, uh huh. That uh, yeah. that Al Bundy. Before we go, let's talk about 
about testicular torture. There's something that Al Bundy said to the waiter that I can't, I feel like maybe you know the science in this better than I do. Uh Um, uh uh He's like, well, the killer, we found semen in the butt, but there was no sperm. So it means he's shooting shooting blanks. blanks. And he's like, so jerk off in front of me right now. And also we're going to dip your balls in water to see if they float. Is that like some 1980s witch shit? Like is it does kind of seem like if they float, then you're a gay witch. If they sing, then you're a straight witch. I think is how it works. Al Bundy Uh, never hit me with the science on that. So you know, I don't pull your balls out. Let's find out. Yeah, that's the only way to know. Welcome to Beekman's world. We're all about results. And now we're going to bring on Dr. Drew to answer this question. Oh boy. This important uh, question about whether sperm makes your balls float. So important to ask the important questions around here. All right. All right, guys. Thank you for Brad, tuning into this. So much. Brad, this was amazing. I had a absolute blast. Please come back sometime again and harass. Anytime. Oh, I can, oh boy. <laughs> your favorite activity I, it is it is uh i had a super fun time i got to rewatch the movie and we got to talk about it and i got to see garrett admit some things so it's a win <laughs> for things. all of us we all learn and grew yeah. a little bit i think so too yeah. i think we are all better people after having so. watched this movie yeah. absolutely well brad uh, do you have anything to promote where can the people find you uh, Pornhub, you can probably find me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, well, probably. Uh, I'm working on a new well, podcast I mean, that you mentioned this morning, the Kaiju Club podcast. I uh, got a few episodes in the can, probably go super live in about a month or so. I will, okay, so uh, by the time this yeah. releases, they'll, they'll likely be out. Yeah. Me and my partner, Chris, uh, we talk about uh, dinosaurs and kaiju movies. And we'll get you guys on the show. Oh, I would love. We'll to talk do that. about erotic thrillers and kaiju together. Oh my god, erotic kaiju! Yeah. My new favorite subgenre. Yeah. Brad, I call dibs. Uh, I don't want to date this by when we did this, but I do need to to call dibs on Meg too. Um, I just watched that yesterday, and that Me is too. full on. Yeah. So Me too. Would, okay. We need to have a You're conversation there. Is Atham in Meg Two. Yeah. I have not seen it yet. Okay. How erotic does it seem? You know, the tension is between uh, him and the the megalodon. It's pretty pretty big. Excellent. The tension. Yeah, I think I think Statham has it in his contract where every single one of his movies start with him doing pull-ups on a bar because uh, I am certain that is at least fifteen of his movies, and this was no different. <laughs> I would have that too. Side note: When I first met Jason Statham, he was on the uh, oh uh, he was on a talk show, George Lopez, uh, and that's back when they would when they would go on they would walk under the bleachers to go to the sit down. And he was at Statham was right next to me in the suit. And uh, I told him that I loved him and I would lick his face. And he looked at me. You did not I did. That. He turns right before he goes out. He turns over, winks at me. He's like, good on you. And he runs out. And... <laughs> yeah. That is the best fucking celebrity story I think anyone's ever told me. He was, he didn't miss a beat. He's like, I've heard this before. What a cool. charmer. Brad. What a charmer. 
See, now that five out of five would ruin my life for any version of Jason Statham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Uh, yeah. If you want to send us an email, eroticthrillerclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at eroticthrillerclub. I am at Gartet. I am at and Caboodle on Insta. I am at BradleyBear3000 on Instagram. And oh, if you incredible. look if you look like G Bear, you can send me a line. <laughs> Which is about half as always. Friends, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. We we That's tend to point. travel in packs. Um, <laughs> but as always, we love you. Thank you for listening. We want to shake you naked and eat you alive. Ooh. In particular, that's my new f- phone ring. That's my new uh, ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It was all worth it for that. <laughs>